How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Call us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Joining me right now, your favorite, my OG, Mr. Steve Summers, back on the fan. What's up, Steve? Steve is not even my favorite, but uh, <laughs> but it's good to hear your voice again, and thank you once again uh, for giving me a couple of minutes and having me on. It's always a pleasure. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, the Keith McPherson Show. He is a radio host. He is a husband. He is a father, and he is successful at all three. You're the best. How are you doing, Steve? How's life treating you? How's your wife? Well, uh, everybody is uh, doing okay. We take it one day at a time, yes, much sir. like every athlete we talk about. And uh, we're going to Paris, France on Friday for a week and trying to figure out how we can make do not knowing any French, although I do know French fries. I do know the Eiffel Tower, and I do know Mona Lisa, who lives at the Louvre. <laughs> you guys are globetrotters. I love it. You go, where haven't you gone? Where on in 2024? What else is on the uh, on the well, map? Well, th- this is only this will be the second time going to Europe. Uh, in 1999, Robin and I went uh, to London, and uh, and so th- this is uh, something a little bit. Uh, different because they don't speak English. I'm hoping that when we go to a restaurant that the menu uh, can be deciphered. And we're looking for ice cream places. We're looking for pizza places, even in France. And uh, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get by. The key word for the two of us is the word discovery, because we're going to have to discover uh, how to get uh, over here and over there with us here and everything else over there. Yeah, you'll find some Americans, or they'll find you, they'll spot you. And uh, what I find, I've been to London a few times now. I proposed to my wife at the London series in 2019. And then a year ago, I took her on our baby moon to London and Amsterdam. Almost exactly a year ago was around uh, Thanksgiving last year. I I love going over there. It's a a little bit of a culture shock, but it's like a flip to be on the other side of the world. And it makes you think, or it makes makes me think, how just like Americanized I am, and how much of a worldview I need to get. And I mean, I got it from going, but like yeah, over there, no, they're not thinking about what we're doing over here in in New York or in I don't know Kansas. Oh sure. Well, don't know I'm an American because I'm going to wear my Mets shirt, and <laughs> I have a I have a like a throwback uh, jersey, uh, a throwback. Uh, uh, it's from 1968 and um, uh, not 1969, but 1968. So I'll be wearing that. Although the weather uh, in the month of December is supposed to be sort of like here, cold uh, and, and maybe a lots of rain, if not snow. The only month 
from what we understand that it snows there is in uh, December. But uh, with other things that we had on the on the table, uh, this was a good time for us uh, to get going. And there won't be a lot of tourists around, which is good. Uh, but uh, so we're looking forward to that. And again, the key word is discovery, because we're going to have to discover a lot of things that we want to do. I'd like to go to Normandy and uh, see a little bit of that museum that they have there because that was the beginning of the end of World War II. So, I mean, from an historical point of view, that'll be very interesting. I'm not interested in anything that has to do with soccer. We do have TV where we are staying, but I'm not so sure it's going to be able to give me NFL scores. And that brings me up to something that I want to hear from you, what you think. My idea what the Jets ought to do with quarterback, forget about Boyle, Forget about Simeon. Forget about Wilson. All three are abject failures. I would have either Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall take every snap, <laughs> either a direct snap or have one of those guys be a quarterback. You've got to get the ball in their hands. And the three or four mentioned quarterbacks uh, couldn't do that. How many open receivers did Boyle miss on Sunday? Yeah, he's just not an athlete. I was saying going into that game after watching him on Black Friday, he's a sitting duck, and even if he knows the system and can get the protection right, he can't actually execute. And they cut him today. They brought him Brett Rippin. And, you know, the word out there, Steve, is that Zach Wilson has been asked to start, but he's reluctant to take the starting job back. And a lot of people have piled on him again to say, oh, how could he – be reluctant to take the job back. The Jets have done so much to protect him, but I kind of was with him. I'm like, this guy's been dragged through the mud. Well, he has, and he hasn't been coached. There's no question. But the real mistake is Douglas, you know, drafting him. And then, of course, you have a defensive-oriented head coach. And remember when he was a defensive coordinator with the Niners, how excited he was. Of course, they had a good defense. He had good players. Here, he's stone-faced. And you get the impression that he's no more different than anybody in the stands just watching this disaster every week. You know, he doesn't show much emotion. Maybe he does, you know, inside the locker room. But uh, he's a defensive-minded guy. And offensively, there's not, no creativity, no end-arounds, no flea flickers, no misdirection. It's just, a, you know, line plunges up the middle. And bad passing, it's just, well, no offense, as we all know. But I would have Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson either become a quarterback or just direct snap to them, get the ball in their hands, <laughs> and, and let them do, let them find some room. The offensive line doesn't open up many holes, let's face it, and they don't protect anyone either. So the bottom line is get the ball into their hands, let them see if they can go around the edge, and uh, and create some space on their own because those two guys are the two talented offensive players uh, that they have. And if you need to get the ball into their hands, either a direct snap or under center, I don't care because it can't get any worse than it's been. Yeah, they've tried to get creative, but it's too little too late. They've tried to get some other guys involved like Xavier Gibson and run some flea flickers and different formations and change their personnel. But like, at this point, what are you doing? There's there's nothing you can do. I mean, they, they've gone for it on fourth down. They tried to target Garrett Wilson. Yeah. It's still not good enough. It's still not effective. And here we go again with Zach Wilson. And 
If the kid said he was reluctant to play because of injury, that's already in his head that he might get hurt. And, like, you can't make somebody want to do something. Once that's no, out there, it, it's too well, late. Uh, Salah did respond to that, and he did say, well, that he hasn't expressed any of that uh, to me. Right. Maybe he thinks he's expressed that to some of his teammates, uh, alone with his own thoughts. Uh, he, uh, listen, uh, that's that's a benefit for the Jets, that if he doesn't want to play good, this is his last year and thank uh, the football gods for that. He won't be on the team next year, shouldn't be on the team next year. He's had more than enough time to prove himself. He can't do that. He's not capable, makes bad decisions. Wilt's under pressure, is not evasive enough. And uh, again, it's not just him that is brutal and awful and bad and, uh, and ridiculous. It's a lot of uh, that offensive line. How many offensive uh, differences in lineups with the offensive line? Like every week, it's uh, different guys. Them and, and the Giants, probably yeah. eight different combinations of offensive linemen. They're trying to figure it out. There is no figuring it out. They don't have the guys yeah, on the right. roster. It's Not a disaster. Again. And that's that's uh, listen, Salah should be on the hot seat. Douglas uh, should be on the hot seat. I mean, they created this roster, let's be honest. And then you haven't got anybody on the coaching staff to coach these guys. And, you know, copy what Baltimore does. Uh, try to uh, get something like the 49ers do. Uh, I mean, try. Uh, granted, that both of those two teams are talented. But the bottom line is try to copy some of the... Yeah, it's a copycat league. You look at what the other teams are doing and all across the league, yeah. backup quarterbacks yeah. are playing, and some of them yeah. are finding success. Yeah, don't look at your own films. Look at the films of teams that know how to be competitive, even if they lose. I mean, the, the Jets and the Giants, too. Although the Giants, a little bit more... Listen, they keep winning, Keith. And uh, that is going to lower the draft opportunities. Yeah, I think the winning stops. Uh, let's talk about the Giants. I mean, well, actually, before we talk about the Giants, we got to talk about your guy, Joe Beningo. He's trying to help. He's got a direct line to Rob Sala. Uh, caused a little bit of a stir over the last day or so with what he reported or didn't report or, uh, you know, the text messages and, and conversations that he shared on air. I, I think it's going to blow over. I think it's... It's innocent. I think that Joe just is a diehard fan and wants well, to see the Jets it, what win. What is Joe saying about uh, about the about the team at the moment? What they should fire everybody? <laughs> no. So basically, he alluded to Rob Sala not liking Zach Wilson, and I think he just you know misinterpreted the text messages and took uh, the text messages and took it out of context. And he came on uh, Evan and Tiki and said that. And then the morning show guys laid into him, and then he came back on Evan and Tiki today to clear some things up. But I guess he's still talking to Rob Sala. I guess they're still communicating. And well, I mean, Rob Sala, well, let's face it, Rob Sala knows that Beningo is a member of the media. It's not going to be uh, sharing some of the most intimate thoughts with Joe. I don't care what Joe says. He's a member of the media. Sala knows that anything he says uh, to uh, Beningo publicly is going to be talked about by Joe. Oh, I talked to uh, Robert Sala, and he told me this, et cetera, et cetera. And even if he disguises that uh, uh, conversation, but Sala's no dummy. He's not a good coach, but he's not stupid. And he knows that uh, talking to Benengo, who uh, does 
uh, talk to a lot of Jet fans. There's no question about that. But the bottom line is he's not going to tell Beningo. Uh, Beningo can uh, assume. Uh, first of all, if you're Salah, who do you uh, who likes Zach Wilson? He may <laughs> like him as a person. He may like his work ethic. He not, may like not the much fact to be enjoyed from his play on the field. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, but as a head coach. I mean, Wilson may cost the salary his job. And so he's not, I mean, he knows he's a lousy quarterback. Uh, we don't need uh, any kind of insight or any kind of, you know, spy equipment to figure that out. I mean, Salah, how many times has Wilson been benched to begin with? And now you want to bench Boyle. Simeon was worse. So, I mean, uh, I, again, uh, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, let them direct snap. How worse can it be than the- <laughs> It can be really bad to turn the offense into yeah. a wildcat. Yeah. They don't have any hope of scoring a touchdown. I'm like, I'm rooting for them. Put Zach back in and just be competitive. I watched the entire NFL. All the other teams can at least find a way to get in the end zone. They can't get into the end zone. Oh, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. It's, and then you want to say it can only get better, but then you see it get worse. So, it's a, it's like a curse, <laughs> and uh, that's not a new word when it comes uh, to the New York Jets. So, nope. And even if they're going to lose, uh, and you kind of alluded to this, Keith, even if they lose, how about just being competitive? How about looking, looking like an NFL team? And they don't. No, watching that game Sunday, I, I'm on record saying it. I'm like, it's a chore to watch the Jets. It's a struggle to watch the Jets. It's a buzzkill yeah, on it. Sunday to have to watch them play to be able to yep. talk about it on air. It's not a fun game to watch. It's not a fun watch. They're not competent at all. No, it's awful. And the Giants, I mean, the Giants, at least one thing you can say about them is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right here. Their effort is their execution, talent, skill level, not always very apparent, yeah. but... Uh, they are a little bit more competitive, and uh, they are a little bit more watchable. Sure. Both sides of the ball, and I mean, they were on a bye last week, but the two wins before, both sides of the ball have stepped up and raised their play. I mean, you look at a guy like Tommy DeVito, undrafted, he's got more touchdown passes than Zach Wilson. He finds a way to get in the end zone more than Zach Wilson or Timmy Boyle or or yeah. whoever. And I mean, yeah. that, I guess you give credit to Brian Dable as an offensive mastermind to be able to get this out of an undrafted quarterback, but they're going with him. You know, Tyrod Taylor's there. He's healthy now, but they're going yeah. with him for Monday night football against the Packers. And the conversation around the, the Giants the last month has been, should they tank for a top pick to draft their quarterback of the future? No, they're trying to win games. They're focused on their yeah. culture and not, uh, you yeah. know, leaning into losing and you can't tank. These guys are professionals. They go out there to compete. They're not tanking. Yeah, very well said, and you're right on the money. And I don't, you don't want to see Barkley go straight up the middle. They're all waiting for him. He's the best offensive player has been. And the bottom line is, at least get him around the edge. Uh, let him in some. How about a direct snap to him? But still, you want to get the ball in his hands, and that has been the case with the Giants. And you don't want to see line plunges going straight up the middle where every defense is waiting for him to get his hands on the ball. You want to try to create uh, something that is outside of just a handoff up the middle uh, for a guy like Barkley. Now, once in a while, 
he does get some room and he'll uh, run for 25 to 35 yards, whatever it may be. But they're not creating enough with their creativity, with their play calling. They're not creating enough for Barkley to show what he can do. Yeah, and he's a guy that just wants to be a giant. He's a guy that loves football, and he's going to play the rest of the season out and try and compete and win. I mean, yeah. I don't really give him a chance to beat the Packers on Monday Night Football, but crazier things have happened. They do have the Saints and the Eagles twice and the Rams. Um, the playoff conversation around the Giants, I think, is about to fade. But, I mean, when you look at the landscape of the NFC and even the AFC and with all these backup quarterbacks playing, it there's a lot of parity in the NFL. It's going to be a crazy December as we figure out who is who and what is what. But enough NFL. I got you on the line. I got to ask you about the Rangers. I got to ask you about your New York Rangers and talk puck. I mean, I've been I've been brushing up on my Rangers stuff. Obviously, I'm with the Devils, but you know, the Rangers not tonight so much. The final against the Senators, 6-2 Rangers lose, but the Rangers look like a wagon. Even having some injuries, they just were finding ways to win and um with Peter Laviolette and some of these other guys, I mean, I think the Rangers have a shot to be at the top of the league, maybe make a run in the cup this year. Are you feeling that way for the Rangers? Are you thinking uh, this year? How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Without Gallant and... Uh... Well, yeah, well, sure. I mean, it's a great start. There's no question about it. I didn't know if Laviolette was going to be the right coach, a former Icelander coach, but uh, he has been okay. Uh, all four lines seem to work. If they can stay out of the penalty box, not turn the puck over, they're getting uh, very good goaltending. And the offense, all four lines have been uh, just uh, terrific. And uh, you can't say enough about the, the bread man. You can't uh, say enough about the goaltending, uh, even quick has uh, been uh, terrific when he's getting the opportunity. So, But all four lines have been clicking, and when they don't hurt themselves, they're going to be in every single hockey game. But you have to remember that it's December, and uh, it doesn't really count until much later on. So you want to see uh, – you don't want to see them reach any kind of a peak uh, this early in the season, and it's considered still early in the season – well, we know it doesn't end until uh, mid-late June. So the bottom line is they have to play like this. Uh, they have to be as intense, and they have to be uh, with a sense of urgency as we have seen them. You know, it used to be that they would take half a game off, half a period off, uh, and, but they are giving it uh, uh, just 100% uh, for, uh, for 60 minutes. So... It, it is refreshing to see. It's wonderful to see. If you're a Ranger fan, make no mistake about that. And uh, beating Boston uh, the other day, uh, that was terrific. But again, it's so early in the season. You want to be healthy. You want to stay out of the penalty box. You don't want to make uh, silly turnovers and create too many odd man rushes and, and so forth and so on. And they have been very efficient and very, very... Uh, 
much with uh, excellent execution. Uh, I'd like to see them win a few more face-offs, and they are winning a few more face-offs, which is always a good thing. So they're just – and the young guys are showing uh, the potential that uh, was always seen for them when they became Rangers. So it's a lot of fun to watch, but again, you have to keep things in perspective. The overall picture uh, is what counts, and uh, you want to see this you know, in the postseason when uh, the Rangers really, from this point on, look to be definitely a Stanley Cup winner, a contender. Uh, that's for sure. And yeah, and just one other thing, because I know you guys have been talking about it, uh, about Verdugo. Is he going to stay with the Yankees, or is he going to be moved uh, to another team in some kind of a deal? I don't know. I, I think he could potentially be flipped. Uh, the reaction from Yankees Twitter, Yankee fans aren't excited about the former Boston Red Sox coming over here. A video yeah. I just posted was of him yelling back at the fans and the bleachers. Now, I know Brian Cashman said he wants two left-handed outfielders. Maybe he satisfies his one, but I think that he may be packaged in the deal for Soto as the Padres will be looking for an outfielder in the deal. And obviously the Yankees don't have any outfielders to send them, not major league caliber outfielders that can play this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I mean, uh, Bellinger is also a first baseman, but you have Rizzo, and you hope Rizzo comes back and looks like uh, he used to be. But uh, Bellinger also plays the outfield. No, I know they're going hot and heavy after uh, Soto. Uh, are you saying, if you're San Diego, Keith, are you sure you want to deal him? Yes, uh, especially after the report came out that they took out a $50 million loan to satisfy their payroll uh, their owner passed. I feel like they're in a position where what what do they have to gain by keeping him for one year? Do they think they're a World Series caliber team this year after the disappointment of last year? No. I think people should be talking about them more in line with the way they talk about the Mets having the highest payroll and missing the postseason You know, because they're in a small market. They kind of skate by, but that was a mess in San Diego. I think they know they have to move him, and I think they know that the Yankees are our prime destination, and the Yankees mean business and have a need. So I, I feel like it's it's only a matter of time. I don't think I have to do a guest ID, but I will. I'm on the line with Steve Summers, the iconic voice of Steve Summers is the voice you're hearing next to mine. Steve, I got to ask you about the new look Metropolitans. Carlos yeah. Mendoza comes over. Yankees bench coach is now the manager of the Mets. Uh, you get um, Luis Severino on a one-year $13 million Deal. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm that excited about that. He's injury prone. Uh, he did have some nice starts after a, a rough uh, start coming back up from. He's hurt a lot, and uh, well, I guess you know uh, to fill out the rotation. I would love to see them get Yamamoto. I would love to see them uh, get uh, some guys that we know. Uh, can perform on the major league level. Now, we don't know about that, about Yamamoto, but uh, he is supposed to be adaptable and he is supposed to have the kind of stuff that could get uh, major leaguers out. So, uh, again, it's all about and Mendoza. Uh, that makes me think that they'll spend some money, but certainly not on a manager. But, you know, I mean, everyone at this point in time says it's a good choice. It'll be a good choice if you can help the team win if he can work starting pitching, if he can work the bullpen, if he can work his bench. 
uh, then we'll know about uh, the new manager of uh, the Mets. So at this point in time, it's uh, just a waste of time to be talking. I like the move. I don't like the move. Let's give him a chance and see what he can do. But it all depends, as we know, on the kind of players you have and how they can go about uh, performing on a day-to-day basis. So, again, in this offseason, uh, they've picked up some uh, some off-the-scrap heap, uh, nothing to write home about, uh, people that you haven't really heard of that might help the bullpen, who knows already. Uh, but the bottom line is it's too early in winter dealings and the winter uh, meetings that were just uh, this past weekend. So uh, we'll see what uh, the seeds were planted by the Mets uh, to go about improving themselves uh, for next year and beyond. But at this point in time, it's really a crapshoot and just guessing, you know, what kind of a team they're going to be, what kind of a team they're going to look like, and whether or not it's a team that can compete with Atlanta and Philadelphia in the division, and Miami uh, also shows improvement. So uh, the bottom line is way too early uh, to be saying good move, bad move, because we just have to wait to see uh, well beyond uh, spring training uh, just how this is all going to work out. We thought it was going to work out uh, last year, and it didn't. And by the way, what is it now that we're reading and hearing about the secrecy with the Otani negotiation. Yeah, I was just what reading that, that article. Uh, Buster, so is I've, it a, is I can it a speak secret, to it. Keith, that he met with Dave Roberts for three hours? <laughs> for you and I know that, and everybody else. And why, no, and that's a there, there are no secrets. And so this is <laughs> right. where I think it, it starts. Otani's Japanese culture... Uh, they don't like to be showmen. They don't want this um, money business being out there so much. He's not looking to be braggadocious about uh, signing the biggest contract in history. He's not looking for everyone to be in his business in general. Also, I think he's testing teams to see how much they can keep under wraps if he potentially comes there because he is a global icon. There is a ton of of business that's going to come and other things that come with him. But I think baseball has pushed back against him like Buster only did in this article that just came out, like Harold Reynolds did on MLB to say, hey, uh, you're the biggest name in the sport. Why so secretive? We need your buzz. We need your excitement. We need the Shohei Otani watch to be, you know. Here's here's the thing, Keith. Is it him or is it Scott Boris? Is he under Boris or is he under CAA? All the things you're saying that Otani doesn't like, Boris does like. He wants every player. He wants the most money. He's, he's actually he, with CAA. He's with with um, with CAA. I don't think he's a Boris guy. Oh, is are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a CAA guy. Oh, I just Googled okay. it. Well, and, you're probably right. I, I've been known to be wrong many times. <laughs> my, myself included. I get on there and say, you probably know more than me. Call me up and tell me no, something. No. But, no, I yeah. think I think his agent is um, Nez Bolello from CAA. And, okay. um, yeah, he's so – but it's. I think it has more to do with his discipline and his, his Japanese yeah, – that, that makes sense. It does. But but Major League Baseball is saying, no, we want to know. So Dave Roberts came under scrutiny today for saying, yeah, we met with him. And then people in the Dodgers fan base are like, are you crazy saying that? We're out on him now. No, you're not. It makes the most sense for Shohei to sign there. The only way I think Shohei doesn't sign there is if he doesn't want to 
you know, basically give the middle finger to the Angels and go to their rival. That would be like a judge flipping from the Yankees and going to the Mets. But I think it makes the most sense for his brand, his business, where he already lives, to join the Dodgers, who are a perennial postseason contender. And then I think there's some rumblings of Yamamoto potentially joining him over there, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, the mystery that persists. There's no mystery. Uh, so, Not uh, in 2023. So, Everyone's got eyes and ears and iPhones. I said the other night, if I saw Shohei Otani in uh, Florida at the Blue Jays complex, I'm taking pictures, videos. I'm sending it to every social media platform. How can you keep it under wraps? Yeah. I, and, of course, uh, Toronto is another team that supposedly – uh, you know, uh, very high on him. Of course, every team is, and uh, but uh, willing to spend uh, the money. Texas is also involved there. The Giants don't have any stars on their team. I doubt he would go there, but I, I'm guessing he's going to end up uh, in Hollywood. Yeah, I think so, too. Last question for you, Steve. How do you like David Stearns? Uh, just just his, his moves that he's made and even his demeanor and, and the image that he gives off. He's a smart guy. I think he's pretty quiet, but he's well-spoken. And I think that this is really the start of his era under Steve Cohen and the Mets. I think Steve Cohen is deferring to his expertise now instead of being you know the front man and making moves in the middle of the night for Carlos Correa or you know, making the trade for Francisco Lindor. I think he's really following David Stern's lead. That's why he hired him. Well, here's the thing. It's who he can get. And uh, and and I hope uh, the new manager, Mendoza, I mean, it's nice to have analytics. I think the more information you have, the better. But there's also the eye test as well. So I'm hoping that Mendoza does get some autonomy, some freedom, and isn't beholden, you know, to the front office uh, for the entire season because he is brand new, although he was certainly well-respected as the Yankee bench coach and so forth and so on. So the bottom line is it's all about who the Mets get in this offseason and how they perform in uh, the next season and beyond. It's not all about Steve Cohen's money, although it certainly does help in uh, in any sport uh, having that kind of money but the bottom line is what kind of players are you going to have the kind of balance uh, are you going to have some contact hitters are you going to have some speed on the bases are you going to have some notables in the bullpen uh, are you going to have people who are familiar with uh, new york and the media i mean there's so many questions that are unanswered at the moment that we just again have to wait and see. I wish we could pinpoint and to be so specific about everything and definitive and absolute about everything about the Mets and the Yankees, too, for your sake and Yankee fans' sake. Bottom line is we just have to wait and see how winter, uh, you know, shakes out, how uh, everything works out. And again, the operative word is going to be healthy. Because both teams, by the time we get into uh, crunch time in August and September, have to be healthy and have to be productive and have to be executing. Otherwise, their fans will be executing them. Steve, you're the man. I appreciate you so much. Enjoy your trip. Happy holidays, Christmas, New Year, all that. Tell your wife we say hello. Thank you for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. You're the best. And it's uh, been fun. Listen, that's uh, for sure. With your program, your honesty, your knowledge, your expertise, your humility, 
and I think it's very easy for fans to identify with you. So much continued success. And once again, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, sir. Picking up where you left off, ladies and gentlemen, the iconic Steve Summers on the fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 